Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Our scripture this morning is from Mark's Gospel. I'm reading from chapter 6, first verses 30 through 34, and then picking up the story in verse 53. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gesenaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about the whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. If you like a storyteller who just gets on with it, just tells the story with very little embellishment, moves from action to action like a Fast and Furious film, then Mark is your favorite gospel. The story moves in Mark. Earlier in chapter 6, Jesus has commissioned the twelve, sent them out two by two into the fields of ministry, sent them out lean, no extra cash, no suitcase, dependent on the generosity of others. And these disciples, most eager to go and do and teach and heal, they grabbed their travel buddy, took off, and as I said, there's action in Mark. They walked and preached and cast out demons and anointed the sick with oil and healed them. But apparently, as a part of the plan, they were to make their way back to home base at about the same time. Come back and report to Jesus and to each other the ministry that they'd given themselves to. Well, they did. They came back and reported, and they reported with giddy enthusiasm. Like picking up an eight-year-old after a day at camp, right? I mean, he's wringing wet with sweat. He's in the back seat drinking Gatorade. He can't stop talking. He's talking so fast about the canoe. It almost, mine almost flipped over one time. And then the archery and then how Calvin splashed the mud. It got all over Adam. And then during the swimming time, Jason got in trouble. He had to sit under the lifeguard stand. And you wonder if he's ever going to take a breath. 
Well, that's how I imagine this retelling of the disciples when they got back together after their time away. Our scripture says they reported all the things that they had done and taught. And I imagine the same breathless spurts. And then we went to Tiberias, and Andrew saw two guys walking along the road, and they had never heard about the resurrection. And Andrew told them about the empty tomb, and they invited us to one of their houses, and we went to their house. And mom, one of their moms had a withered hand, and you're not going to believe what happened next. Okay, Jesus, you are going to believe what happened next. You know what happened next. All right, so then, and then we left there so we could get to the coast by night. It was just this excitement about what was going on. Report after report of excited exhaustion. And the scripture says that so many were coming and going that the disciples had no leisure even to eat. Have you ever been that busy that you were too busy to eat? Obviously I haven't, but I've been busy. The story is not one of these passages where the preacher has to do a lot of explaining to bridge the gap between the first century realities, right, and today's world. It's not like anybody sitting in here saying, I have no frame of reference for a pace of life that leads to exhaustion. Please explain to me what that means. I'll do my best, okay, to explain what others might be going through in a life that is so frantic that it leads to exhaustion. Do you remember when email was supposed to simplify our lives? Do you remember early pandemic when you thought COVID was going to give you a season of rest and renewal, catch up on some reading? No more business trips, no more fighting traffic to get to the office, no more after-school activities to rush around to get to. Anybody else exhausted? For most of us, the pace of life isn't as much driven by the question, what am I going to do today, as it is the question, what am I going to leave left undone today and push off till tomorrow? Well, what does the gospel have to say to those of us who feel this way? Too busy and too overwhelmed. This next story is a little bit embarrassing. At, at 6.30 most mornings, I go for about a one-hour walk. That's not the embarrassing part. But my walk, 6.30, is also my quiet time. You see, I'm busy. I need to multitask and all that, right? So I walk, and I have triggers on my walk when I get to this tree. I pray for family, and I have an order in which I pray for my family. And when I get to this marker, I pray for the church, and there's specific things I pray about the church. Well, here's the embarrassing part of this story. I spend the first five minutes or so of that walk each morning trying to convince myself that there is no better use of my time. That, that I'm not being indulgent, that I'm not just strolling outside while there's so many relentless, insatiable demands that I'm just ignoring because I'm out for a walk. And I try to press away 
from my thoughts, all the unmade phone calls, the unanswered emails, the article not written, the visit not made, the complaints not processed, the sermon not finished. And I actually have to tell myself that for the next hour there's nothing more important I can do than exercise and prayer. That I don't have to produce something every hour of the day. Keep in mind, I'm having this conversation with myself at 6.30 in the morning. And the reason I feel okay to risk this confession with you is that I think most of you have some version of the same story to tell. Our breathless need and this insatiable pressure to stay busy and produce. And to quote Beauty and the Beast, it's a story as old as time. It's all over our story for today. Our, our, our gospel lesson today has three characters. I mean, there are more faces in this, but they're treated like three characters. We've got Jesus and the disciples and the crowd. Two of these three characters are acting like their hair's on fire. We've already talked about the disciples, their breathless recounting of all the busyness that kept them so frenzied that they didn't even have time to eat. The crowd, to their credit, at least recognizes their need. Jesus says they are lost as a sheep without a shepherd, but at least they know it. The crowd is running too, but at least they're rushing to try to get to where Jesus is. In fact, they're trying to be clever enough to get ahead, kind of anticipate where Jesus is going so they might get there first. They've got their own frenzy going on. They've got sick kids on mats and parents who can't stop coughing and worrisome sores that will not heal. And if only we could touch his garment, that would be enough. There would be enough power in his garment to make us whole. The point is, everybody but Jesus in this story is in this hurried frenzy. Catch a few of the phrases. I I just read seven verses. And these phrases referring to the crowd and the disciples, were all packed in just seven verses. Coming and going, no leisure, hurried, rushed, begged. My guess is, for those of you who keep a diary, some of those words might show up in your diary as well. The disciples have come back breathless from their Jesus errand. Jesus is the one who commissioned and instructed the twelve. When they come back, they are completely depleted. And Jesus says to them, Come to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest for a while. It's a Jesus call to Sabbath rest. Come away to an unpopulated place all by yourself. 
and rest. And likely, when he said it, some of them heard the echoes of the psalmist saying, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. This call to rest is not It's it's not taken from an ad for a resort and spa in Vogue magazine. This isn't indulgence. Jesus has instructed that his depleted disciples find a place of solitude to renew their souls. Rest is required for the work. Even though there are pressing demands all around, even though the hillside is frantic and frenzied with the sick and the needy hustling into villages, cities, farms, and marketplaces, hoping to lay eyes on Jesus and the disciples, in all of that need, Jesus still calls on the disciples to stop and take care of themselves for a while. Jesus and the disciples do end up responding to the need that's around them, but not before he calls them to be alone in a deserted place. Let us not brag to each other our busy lives and our full calendars, especially not now. Failure to heed the call of Jesus right now in our pandemic-influenced lives has serious consequences. How about the recent survey conducted in April and May that found a three-fold increase in depression since the pandemic began? Or the recent Nielsen report of a 54% increase in alcohol sales in March of 2020 compared to a year ago. Online sales for that year up 262%. Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest for a while. Rest is not an indulgence, it's a spiritual discipline. Go back to Genesis and see it's baked into the rhythms of our origins. Even in God's all-powerful nature, at the end of six days of creation, God rests. In the original law, the Ten Commandments, it's required of God's people that they honor the Sabbath, a day of rest, renewal, Over and over in the Gospels, we see Jesus go out alone in the wilderness to pray. For the people of God, rest is not an option. It is a command. Yeah. But Jesus didn't get 200 emails a day. He didn't have kids and travel baseball He didn't have my demanding boss. I'm just too busy. There's not anything I can do about that, really. I don't know exactly when this 
image hit me. I, I think it was when I was watching uh, uh, President Clinton on a morning jog, and there were, there were uh, reporters pressing in and Secret Service stiff-arming the reporters as the president continues his morning jog. But some image like that triggered for me to think about the U.S. presidents and their leisure, their rest, their exercise, their self-care. And I had images of President Eisenhower on the golf course. President Obama playing basketball uh, there uh, at the White House court with some others. An image of President Bush shooting skeet and, and President Kennedy on his sailboat. President Reagan on horseback. And I thought, yeah, unlike these guys, I'm really just too busy for rest and leisure. Jesus says to the exhausted disciples, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. Our lives are marked by hurry and output and outcomes. Our days are governed by to-do lists and appointments and sales quotas. Our weeks are filled with deadlines and hustles and orders and reports, and efficient frenzy has become our normative value, so much so that we have become blind to how sick it all is. I think you probably know by now that my preaching style is not particularly directive. Uh, I, I tend to leave a lot of space in between the words so that you can interpret the message for what it might mean for you and your life. I, I, I try to leave some gaps in there, some space for us to disagree. Well, I'm not going to do that today because I want us to all be confronted with the language of demand and not suggestion. I'm not concluding today with words like perhaps or maybe it would be a good idea because those of us who have been infected with the sickness of hurry and frenzy need to hear language we cannot ignore. Language said as straight as though it were one of the Ten Commandments, oh and yeah, by the way, it is. God's design and command are for you to rest. There's no discussion, there is no but what if. God's command and design is for us to rest. It is the only way we can be replenished into the wholeness we were created to bear. Jesus said to the disciples, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest for a while, and it was not a suggestion. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside 
still waters. He restoreth my soul. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.